we'll be going through the evidence of whether investing or trading in individual stocks is worth it. Hi guys, my name's James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast, where we're all about helping you become financially free so that you can focus on what you really want from life. So investing in individual stocks, is it a good idea? Well, we're going to go into the evidence as to whether that's the case and then start to unpick why that is the case and then talk about what option then is best for us average everyday investors. So firstly, there are two really entrenched camps in this space. One on the index investing routes where you're not investing in individual stocks, you're investing in a fund that passively invests in the market as a whole. And then on the other side, you've got a really entrenched camp saying active investing is absolutely what you want to be doing. That's how you can kind of control the risks and be able to outperform the market. So which is it? Well, you can be the market. It is possible and people definitely do it. The question is, is it likely that you or I or most everyday investors are going to be able to do it if we go down that path, right? So let's take a couple of examples that have. Warren Buffett, super famous for having done it. On average, 20% a year after fees in terms of its annual return on the market for its investors. If you compare that to the S&P 500, which is effectively the top 500 listed businesses in the US, which is generally regarded to be the kind of gold standard for the market of listed companies. Well, that returned on average about 10% a year. So double what the market is. So absolutely phenomenal. And if you followed exactly what Warren Buffett did and you invested in him, then you would have done that. You would have, you would have achieved similar returns. Another example, the Medallion Fund, very mysterious, very difficult to invest in, but nonetheless, 38% per year after fees. Phenomenal, almost four times what the market achieved. So surely we should all do this. Surely we should go out there, pick the stocks that we think are best, and then we can beat the market and get even better returns. Well, not so fast. If you look at all active fund managers, so these are people professionally doing this full-time, day in, day out. Well, what do they do? Do they beat the market? Well, there are countless studies in this area and they all produce pretty much the same result, which is they consistently, on average, do not beat the market. Some do, but the vast majority don't. One study uh, but done by Spiva, very large organization, I'll reference it in the show notes, came out and saying from a study they did, 
of active fund managers do not beat the market. Now that is pretty damning. That's not close to 50%, that's nowhere near. And those that did beat the market, most of the time then went on to not beat the market. So again, many studies have evidenced this, but the notorious book, A Random Walk Down Wall Street, evidenced this beautifully. Again, I'll show that in the show notes and here on this slide, you can see it. The top 10 funds that performed in the market over the 70s, in the 80s when we tracked them those 10 years later, were some of the worst performing funds out there. You know, kind of in the three, four hundredth mark and definitely didn't beat the market. So the question then is, well, when you've got so few beating the market and then those that did then went on to not, you've got to then ask yourself, was it just fluke that they beat the market, right? Because statistically, some are going to beat the market just because they got lucky, right? They rolled the dice and the dice ended up being better than the average, right? And in fact, it's probably worse than what you'd think you would get if you just rolled the dice. Theoretically, around half would beat the market and half wouldn't, but we got 89% that didn't and those that did then went on to poor performance. So it doesn't look great for those doing this process. The super famous John Bogle, if you don't know who he is, he is the chap that invented Vanguard which was effectively the organization that pretty much invented index funds. So for you guys who've heard of them or using them, you definitely have John Bogle to thank for that. And actually the reason for him to creating Vanguard is because he did studies himself and discovered how bad actively investing is. And so went and spearheaded and championed kind of passive investing through index funds and that is how he came up with it. And this guy now has billions and billions, I think even trillions of pounds invested through the Vanguard Vanguard funds. So it's not just me thinking that, many in fact, a huge percentage of the population think the same. So the question then is, well, why don't they beat the market, right? Well, there's a number of reasons and we'll go through a few just to kind of illustrate the point, but trust me, it's not an exhaustive list. First one, marketing costs. These funds have got to sell themselves to get people in the door to be investing in them. So all of that money to get people knowing about the fund and investing in them costs money. The active fund managers, the payment of their salaries isn't cheap. You need to be paying for that. Also transaction costs. So when you're trading, when you've got an actively managed fund, the movement in and out of different stocks to try and beat the market is usually much higher than an index fund. And therefore, the cost of moving in and out of the market is expensive. Each time they do that, they're incurring costs. Equally, taxes. Because you'll keep buying and selling shares, 
Every time you do that, you crystallize a tax and those taxes within the fund then get passed on to the owner of those funds through, through the fees on that fund. Equally, a big point to consider as well is with an active fund manager, they need to be investing the money they have in their fund. And what tends to happen because of psychology is that when a fund starts to do well and their returns become very large, then people then get excited and want to invest in their fund. So all of a sudden they get a big injection of money into their fund and they need to be investing in that fund. There's an obligation there, right, to the shareholders. So what happens is as the fund does well, they have more money to invest even more. So they're investing at a time when the shares they own have already gone up substantially. Vice versa, if their fund starts to poorly perform and actually the value of their shares have gone down, that's when people exit the fund and they have to sell those shares at that drop value. And so what happens is it exacerbates the the loss within that fund as a consequence of prices going up or down. And when prices go down, that is when you should be investing because that is when they are at a bargain. When prices go up, they start to become expensive and that's a time when you should be selling those funds or holding those funds, right? The opposite happens because of the psychology of what's playing out for those investors. So how do we explain those few people that do beat the market? And I'm not just talking occasionally for a little period. I'm talking decades and decades. Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett is a famous example. Ray Dalio, another one, George Soros. There are people that really know what they're doing in this space. How does that happen? Well, statistically, you're going to have this occasionally, very occasionally, but you've got to think when it's that rare, the stars need to collide in that exact specific construction for it to work. The idea of us everyday investors being able to replicate that starts to look not great. So, but then you may say, well, actually, you know what? That's fund managers. I'm an individual investor. I have abilities that they can't. I can invest and do what I want. I'm not forced to follow institutional rules and have to pay marketing costs, right? So surely it's better for me. Well, if you look at the studies, it's even worse. So Brad Barber, a thought leader in this space, wrote a study and he discovered that around 1% of people actually beat the market of everyday kind of retail investors. So 99% of people do not beat the market, okay? So again, doesn't look great. The study that I'm referencing, I'll put in the show notes again so you can go check that out. So why do you think this is the case? I'll give a few reasons from my side. So firstly, transaction costs. We still have that issue when we're buying and selling ourselves more often than within that index fund, we're having to pay those costs. Same with taxes. Every time we buy and then sell a share, if there's a gain, we're having to pay capital gains tax. And if we're doing it very frequently, it can start to look like 
we're trading and then we're having to pay income tax, which is usually more expensive than capital gains tax. Then we've got the knowledge gap. Think about it, you as an everyday investor, how much do you know in the space of whatever it is that you're looking at investing? Compare that to the likes of Goldman Sachs, where these guys do it day in, day out. You know, people will be dedicating their lives to understanding a really niche subject. 12 hours a day, they'll be handpicking these people from the best universities and MBA schools, huge amounts of money, very complicated systems behind them. Now you may say, well, you know what, actually that all just complicates it and I just go with my gut. Maybe, maybe, but there are many other things that are still holding us back. A big one is psychology. So like I talked about before around the fund manager having to buy in when prices go high, that is very common for the everyday investor. When our fund, when the stocks that we've invested in start to go up, we feel more confident, we feel like we're doing well, so we want to invest more, maybe in those stocks or more generally. So we're buying a market that starts to become higher in value and less cheap. And then vice versa, if things start to go down and things become more costly, we're seeing negative returns. We want to sell or certainly not be buying, which is counterproductive. Secondly, people often follow the media, people following those that don't really understand the market, not in the business of selling you quality information that you should be using to consider whether to invest, but information really just to get your eyeballs locked in on their article. They're trying to get your attention. So they make things bigger than they are. They'll take something small that's not really important and make it this big thing because then you'll read it. So if you're following that information to justify how you're investing, that's a dangerous place to be. Any moment you can see articles talking about both sides of the situation. And generally speaking, it's negative. Third, we like to time the market, a lot of us. And when we time the market, we think, well, we'll try and cut out those really bad times. We'll wait at the sidelines and invest when things have gone down and they're cheaper, for example. But the trouble is, study after study shows that when we do this, we wait, we wait, but when it's gone down 10, 20, 30%, are we then gonna invest? Well, most people, don't, they just keep waiting. And then when, if they do go back in, it's usually when the market starts to go up and up and up again and they start to feel more confident. And when you look statistically at the market and you look at those worst days and those best days in the market, they tend to come very close together. So if you're able to successfully avoid those really low days, those poorly performing days, unless you are ninja, in when you time the market, you're gonna lose on those best days as well. And there's studies gone into this showing that if you lose those best days, your returns half or even more as a result. Last one is we like to kind of mess around with it. The more we get into it, the more we study it and start to get into investing. We're, we're enjoying the process more than the result. So we'll read up, we'll get excited about a particular company, so we'll want to invest in that, so we might want to sell, up, sell something else to invest in that, 
and then we might read again about something going on that's bad about the company, so we might sell it. Then we read about another company, so we wanna buy into that, and all of that movement starts to cause a lot of messing about in what we invest in, and we often then get caught again into transaction costs and buying high, selling low. So, if investing in an actively managed fund isn't a great idea, and investing in individual stocks yourself isn't a good idea. What do we do? Do we just keep our cash under the bed and wait for the Armageddon to come so we can buy loads of bread with it? Or do we do something different? Well, I've hinted it in this video, but if you're talking about investing in the stock market, then index funds is absolutely the best way to do it because you're investing in the market as a whole in a very easy way with very low costs and a very simple way to do it. And because it's simple, it's less likely for our psychology to take over us and get in the way of us getting good returns. And then if you wanna de-risk that, the best way to do that is through your asset allocation. So 100% investing in the stock market is very risky, it's very volatile. The returns you're gonna get are gonna go up and down, up and down. That's super stressful, right? That's gonna give you some scary nightmares. If you're going through 2008 again, or 2000s when, sorry, early 2000s when the stock market halved, that is pretty scary, especially when that's all your money. Best way to deal with that is invest in other types of assets. So bonds or gold or commodities or real estate. These other areas produce returns, but in different ways and in different environments. So if the stock market goes down, it's a lot less likely that the other areas be going down at the same time. In fact, they may well be going up. So overall, your market is gonna be up more frequently and they're going to equalize each other. And that's what we call portfolio investing. I've done videos about this, so feel free to check out those. And I've also done videos about index investing generally. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this video. If you did, please do give me a like. It really, really helps us, allows the YouTube algorithm to reach out other people. And guys, if you wanna check out future content from me, feel free to do a subscribe and then you'll get notifications of videos coming out each week. I'm on all the social media platforms. Reach out if you've got questions and if you'd like me to cover specific topics, let me know more than happy to do that. Anyway, that's all from me. Take care and have a great week.